Turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. I want to preach a message this morning entitled, Are You Truly Forgiven? Are You Truly Forgiven? Uh, just as I'm asking myself that question, am I truly forgiven? I remember, and by the way, let me say this, that God is so good. God is so good uh, to forgive our iniquities, to uh, be mindful of sinful man. Uh, But I remember uh, shortly after getting out of the military, um, Roman Catholic is what I grew up. Uh, I had Roman Catholic on my dog tags. I did all the Roman Catholic stuff. And uh, it wasn't until I was 25 years old that I realized that I was stuck in religion, that I never established a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I was stuck in that religion, um, I was not truly forgiven. I had a sin debt that if I died in that place, I would have to pay myself. And uh, what would happen at that that great white throne judgment is I wouldn't be able to pay it myself. I would give an account for all the... um, Uh, The sins that I'd committed, I'd give an account for all the times that I sinned against God's love and God's law. And uh, I just remember that morning trusting Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I got truly forgiven for the first time in my life, truly forgiven. The Bible tells us in Psalm uh, 103, verse 12, As far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. And those will never touch. Uh, the east and west are about as far as you can get. And in Micah 7, 8, uh, 18 and 19, the Bible said, Who is a God like unto thee that pardoneth iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea, never to be remembered anymore. That morning that I took Christ as my Savior, I stopped being religious and I established a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, He forgave all my sins. Uh, He adopted me into His family. He gave me the gift of eternal life, which I can never lose. And, um, And thankfully, that was 20 years ago that I got saved out of religion. And I would, I would ask anyone today, if you're trapped in religion... Uh, I do believe religion, and no matter what you call it, is a device of the devil to keep people lost. Um, He sets up counterfeits for everything that's godly, and I was in a counterfeit religion. Uh, I'll say religion, I'll say cult. I don't want to talk ugly uh, or anything like that. Um, I was just trapped in that stuff. I was trusting in all the wrong things until one day I saw that it was through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the power of His Word and the leadership of the Holy Spirit that I could have all the forgiveness of sin. So I stand here uh, before you today uh, truly forgiven. Uh, Truly forgiven. And what that means to me, uh, being truly forgiven, it means that I have a lot of responsibilities. Uh, Being forgiven like that does not come without responsibilities. Uh, I want to look at a story this morning, and maybe a couple stories Uh, As you notice, the choir didn't sing this morning, so we're going to have a little extra time to kind of hang out with each other. Um, But that's fine. Uh, I normally get 12 pages of notes anyway, because I I, I like to preach the whole Bible in five different sermons when I get up to preach. I don't know where to stop, so uh, that'll be fine. But uh, in Luke chapter 5, we see the story here 
Uh, and it's an amazing story. I, I can't say that I didn't have a little bit of revival in my office studying this story. Uh, it was just an amazing story. Uh, but look at verse 17 in Luke chapter 5. Uh, I'll start with this first verse and then we'll, we'll pray. Uh, and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galatia, or excuse me, Galilee, and Judea, and Jerusalem. And look at this next phrase. This is the one that got me all excited. I, I've been saved, like I said, 20 years, and I don't know that I've ever seen that uh, there before. And it says this, as he's sitting there teaching these Pharisees and doctors of the law, it says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Uh, that's just powerful because as he's teaching these religious people who were stuck more in religion than I was, the power of God to heal them was present with them even as he was teaching and, and, and preaching to him. And this is given to us in, in, in Mark chapter uh, 2 and also I believe um, um, I have Mark, Matthew, Matthew 9 and Mark 2, uh, but one verse it says he was preaching the word unto them. Uh, but here he's teaching these folks and the power of the Lord was present Uh, to heal them. Let's pray. Father, we come before you again this morning, and uh, we do recognize you as the God of all flesh. Uh, The best we can, we humble ourselves uh, before you. We come before you with thanksgiving. Uh, We thank you for the eternal salvation that you freely provide. We thank you for the eternal word of God that you preserve for us. Uh, We thank you for the Holy Spirit of God that leads and guides and directs us. Uh, We thank you for the church that you purchased for us this morning, and we pray Uh, As we're in your church, uh, studying your word uh, about what you've done, that you would speak to each of our hearts, that you draw us closer to yourself, that you would help us uh, to wake up even more, to be revived even more, uh, to love you more, to serve you better. Uh, Father, would you just please do a work in our hearts? Would you take the word of God deep into our hearts and our souls and make it alive and real to us? And we'll thank you for it because we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so he's teaching to these Pharisees, the doctors of the law, Uh, out of every town of Galatia, Judea, Judea, and Jerusalem. And so what this means is there's a lot of people present here. Uh, We're going to see in this story that there's so many uh, people present at this house, uh, and they don't give an exact number. I'm thinking probably some, this is totally just just exaggeration in just my mind, probably two to three, maybe four or five hundred people at this house. Uh, There was just a lot of people there uh, that you really couldn't get into the house, uh, you couldn't press the throng, but I do know this, that uh, as all those people are there hearing the word of Jesus Christ, uh, hearing, hearing him teach them that the power of God to heal them was present there. Uh, that word heal, uh, it means uh, in the present tense, a curing, a restoring to a sound state. And the noun, it's the act of covering. Uh, so he was present there to heal them. And what I'm telling you, when he heals them, I'm talking about it's kind of like the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Uh, The grace of God has appeared to everyone. And I would propose to you right now in this place that the power of the Lord to heal is present with us right now. The power of the Lord is present in your your heart right now to heal. Uh, He's healed to heal, heal spiritually. He's healed here to heal our minds, our hearts. He's healed here to heal relationships or failed relationships. He's healed to, uh, to heal uh, the forgiveness of sins. And just the power of the Lord to heal is present with us this morning. Uh, but these Pharisees are not going to take him up on that power. Uh, they're not going to really accept him and accept his grace. Matter of fact, they're going to criticize him. 
Uh, but I'm here to tell you this morning that the power of God is present with us to save, to forgive, to heal. Uh, it is present with each of us if we'll just take God up on the power and accept his power. Uh, these Pharisees did not. Uh, we see here in verse 18, this is where the story kind of gets exciting. Uh, and behold, men brought in a bed uh, a man which was taken with a palsy. Now this is going to be uh, paralyzed. Uh, we don't know how much of his body was paralyzed. I'm going to say his mouth was not paralyzed. I'm just going to, uh, I'm going to tell you that his mouth is not paralyzed. And you'll see why in a moment I tell you that because we're going to make this story come alive a little bit. Uh, and they sought means to bring him in and they lay, uh, they lay him before him, that they could lay him before him. And when they could not find by which way they might bring him uh, because of the multitude, uh, they went up upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling uh, with, with his couch into the mist before Jesus. So the picture is, uh, you have these four men, and another verse says that he was born of four. So there's four men. Uh, and in my mind's eye, I'm going to give you the four men from our church to bring this story alive. All right, four men full of faith. Uh, they're excited to bring their friend to the Savior. Uh, they know and believe that the Savior has the power to heal. Uh, they're convinced that if we bring our friend to the Savior... Uh, that's exactly what would happen. So the four men, and I asked two of them if I could use them in a testimony and an and illustration. They said, fine, I'm going to grab uh, Brother Bill Winfrey on one corner. I'm going to grab uh, Brother Greg Tonge on another corner. I have Brother Steve Lucky on another corner. And on that back corner is going to be Judson Calkin. And, and the paralyzed person, I'm going to make Pastor Allison. No, that was an awkward laugh there. I'm not paralyzing him for real. It's for illustration purposes, okay? His mouth is not paralyzed, all right? So they're holding pastor, and they're full of faith, going to bring him to the Savior. They get to the house. Oh, the multitude. This reminds me, and I, I didn't even plan this, but this reminds me, and, and uh, my daughter was getting ready to be born. Miss Allison was uh, uh, there in Texas with us, and we were uh, headed to uh, Houston, our Clear Lake, to the hospital. And uh, there in Texas, you have the eight-lane highways, I-45, and we got onto uh, I-45. We lingered a little bit, getting breakfast. So this is our second child. We've been there before. We've done this before. So we're lingering a little bit, and we uh, round the bend, headed right toward Houston, and we look as far as the eye could see. It was nothing but traffic. <gasps> the multitude. How are we going to get past that multitude? Well, uh, I, I scared Miss Allison out of her, her skin. I, I, her soul came out. What I did is when we got on that bridge, I put the car in reverse, and I went reverse down the on-ramp in reverse. All this traffic, all around her police officers are stationed around this big Target shopping center. They have all the, 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 the things blocked off. Uh, but there was a press of the multitude, and we had to get to the hospital. Baby's coming. Uh, my wife is writing down her contractions and all this stuff. It's getting close now. Uh, this is getting critical. We're making, we're making moves to get to the hospital. So uh, one of the police officers, he was so angry when we pulled up. I mean, you could see this is one of the uh, DPA, uh, the Texas State Department of Safety. These guys, man, they're, they're, they're angry people, right? So this guy's snarling. He's like, son, pull your car over. Pull your car over. And I'm thinking, I'm just going to give this guy my license. I am not going to argue with him. So I pull over, and I'm very respectful of the police officer. I pull my license out. Sir, I'm telling you right. And before I can give it a word out, uh, Carrie's windows rolled down. She's going through a contraction right now. 
And he looked, I said, sir, we're having a baby. I need to get, and his whole demeanor changed. He says, this is what you do. He radioed ahead. There's, there's a car coming in and he says, cut through this parking lot. You go up here, go back down that down road and you go this way and you'll be right at the hospital. Go, 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 son, go. He didn't want to deliver the baby right there. <laughs> so it changed everything. Uh, Melody came safely and everything's, and it's all well. But what happened is they got to the press and they saw the multitude, multitude but they're full of faith. They know that if they get pastor or the, the paralyzed man to uh, the house and get to them to Jesus, and I'm sure pastor's telling them, hey, y'all are full of faith, but y'all need to get me to the, to the Savior. Y'all need to take me. Uh, anyway, they, they get to the, the press and there's nowhere to go. And now I'm thinking this is kind of like one of those uh, stretchers uh, maybe didn't even have rods in it, maybe had some rope on the side of it. That's how they were holding them with the rope. Uh, so these guys, uh, Brother Tonge, Brother Lucky, Brother Winfrey, uh, is okay, I'll use your name? You're giving me that look. Is okay? Yeah. All right. Brother Judson, they, uh, they get a bright idea. They say, well, since we can't get through the house, we're going to just lift this guy up on the roof. And pastor says, I don't know that that's a good idea. <laughs> like, we're full of faith. We're going to do it. Let's do it. I'm putting life to the story. This wasn't really them in the story, okay? Just so that we're clear on that. All right, so they get up to the roof. Uh, what happens now is they can't get down through the roof uh, because of the tiling. Uh, so they start moving some of the mud and getting some of the mud out. And I can't imagine what these people down below are thinking as this mud is falling on them. Um, they're, they're focused on the teaching of the Savior, uh, but there's a lot of things going on with the mud coming down. All of a sudden, they see this body coming down. And as that body comes down, you can just see their smiling faces as they're lifting the, the, the paralyzed man down. Yeah, we got him to Jesus. Finally, this plan worked out. Yes. Uh, they brought him to Jesus and uh, laid him right before his feet. Uh, and look what the scripture says in verse, verse 19. Uh, again, it says, and when they could not find by what way they might bring him in because of the multitude, they went upon the housetop and let him down through the tiling uh, with his couch in the midst before Jesus. And this is key in verse 20. And when he saw their faith, not just the, the, the man taken of a palsy, uh, but the four men, when he saw their faith, he said unto them, uh, in the other verses, his son, thy sins be forgiven. Here it says, man, thy sins be forgiven. Now this is a marvelous thing. The power of God to heal was present with them. When, he, when they exercised their faith to bring them to Jesus Christ, the first thing that he says to them is not that he would be healed of his paralyzed position. The first thing that Jesus said is, thy sins be forgiven. That's an amazing thing. He, he knew that that man was paralyzed. He knew that that man uh, needed to uh, have, have his members back and that he was seeking the help of God to be healed. Uh, but instead, Jesus Christ forgives his sins. And these men in verse 21 that are sitting around hearing the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ, the scribes and the Pharisees, they begin to reason saying, who is this that speaketh such blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? So now the people that are learning from the Savior, they're now questioning that this is even Jesus Christ. They're questioning that this is the Savior. Uh, when you get in a spot like that, there's not a whole lot of hope for you. You have to believe that He is. Uh, matter of fact, that's what the scripture tells us in Romans, or Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Um, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Uh, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them uh, that diligently seek him. So uh, he had um, these four men were diligently seek, seeking the Lord. 
Uh, now, about these four friends, I'm just going to just give a quick, quick thing and, and forget that I said those names. I don't know if you can, but uh, it's awesome to have uh, friends like this. Uh, can I tell you that friends out of the house of God are the best friends that you can possibly have? Uh, we have friends in this church, and don't think for a second that you're alone. Don't think for a second uh, that you don't have no, any friends at Madison Baptist Church because you do. There are people that will bend over backwards. Uh, they will bring you food. They will uh, bring you clothes. They will, uh, they will take care of you. This church, uh, the Lord's church, uh, friends of, of, of the house of God, friends uh, that are believers are some of the best friends that you can possibly uh, have in this world. In Acts chapter 27, verse 3, it says, And the next day uh, we, ch- we touched uh, uh, Sidian, and Julius uh, courteously entreated Paul and gave him liberty to go unto his friends to f- refresh himself. And John fifteen thirteen, Greater love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. Uh, It's awesome to have friends. These friends brought the paralyzed man to Jesus. Jesus forgave his sins, and now he takes notice of their faith, and now these men start to complain. Uh, They start to blaspheme. Uh, Who is this that can forgive sins? Who is this that uh, forgave these sins? Verse 21, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this uh, which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Uh, Verse 22, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts... He answering said unto them, what reason ye in your hearts? And one of the other places he says, why, why are you thinking evil in your hearts? Uh, one thing I get about this, and this is a side note from the passage, is that God knows our thoughts. That, that's a fearful and wonderful thing. Uh, because we're encompassed about with this flesh and this sin nature, but God knows our thoughts. He knows the reasoning of our hearts. Uh, the thoughts in Genesis 6, 5, and God saw that the wicked of, uh, uh, wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of his thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And 1 Chronicles 28, 9, and thou, Solomon, my son, know thou uh, the, the, the God of thy father and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind for the Lord searcheth all hearts and understandeth all the imagin- imagination of the thoughts if thou seek him, he will, be found, he will be found of thee. If thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return unto the Lord and he will have mercy upon him. Uh, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. Isaiah 66, 18. For I know uh, thy works and, thy th- and their thoughts. It shall come and that I will gather all nations and tongues and they shall come and see my glory. Psalm 139, 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart and try me and know my thoughts. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 through 20. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seem to be wise in this world, let him become as a fool that he may be wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he, he, talk, he talketh the, uh, the wise, he t- excuse me, he taketh the wise in, in their own craftiness. And again, the Lord knoweth the thoughts of the wise that they are vain. God knows our thoughts and we need to make sure that our minds and our hearts are right with God because he does know our thoughts. Uh, but he knew these thoughts of these men as they are reasoning with God. Uh, what reason ye in your heart? Verse 23, uh, he says, Whether it easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee, or say arise up and walk, but thou, that thou may know that the Son of Man hath power on the earth to forgive sins. He saith in the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, take up thy couch, and go into thy house. So what he is saying, he's saying, This was done. 
so that you could see that the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ, has power on the earth to forgive sins. Uh, Today, Jesus Christ has the power to forgive your sins. If you're lost, He can forgive your sin debt that's sending you to hell. If you're saved, if you confess your sins to Him, He's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. You can leave today truly forgiven uh, in your heart. He did this that He could uh, be shown that He is the forgiver of sins and God alone can forgive sins. Uh, Psalm 32, 1, blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. And Psalm 25, 18, look upon, uh, excuse me, look upon my affliction and my pain and forgive all my sins. Psalm 85, 2, thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Thou hast covered all their sin. Uh, Psalm 86, 5, for the Lord, uh, excuse me, for thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all that call upon thee. God is willing to forgive Uh, your sin. He's showing here that he had power to forgive sin. And look what happened to this man in verse 25. It says, and immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed at his own house, glorifying God. What a miracle. Uh, This man gets up from his couch, from this bed that they let him down in. He now not only received off, and I'm talking about true forgiveness of sins, He now is no longer paralyzed. Uh, I would say that this guy, uh, being truly forgiven, I would say this guy would have some responsibilities and he would have no problem with the responsibilities that he would have. Uh, He now got healed. He got forgiven. He takes up his couch, just as the Lord said, and he immediately goes to his own house. And look what he does. He glorified God. He glorified God. It says in his own house, glorifying God. And so now he's going on his way. He's glorifying God, letting everybody know uh, what had happened. He's excited about what happened. He's been forgiven. Uh, he, he now is walking. He's a walking testimony to glorify the grace and the forgiveness of God. Uh, he's now doing exactly what we should be doing. We should be glorifying God. Uh, if you have the forgiveness of sins, uh, then you should be glorifying God with your life. It's a responsibility that we have uh, to glorify God. The definition is an honorable representation of God to praise, to magnify, and honor, and worship, to ascribe honor to in thoughts and words uh, that we would glorify God. Uh, Are you glorifying God today? Have you thought about glorifying God? Uh, Psalm 86, 9 says, All nation whom thou hast uh, made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. Psalm 22, 23, Ye that fear the Lord, praise him. All ye the seed of, of Jacob, glorify him and fear him, all ye seed of Israel. Psalm 86, 12, I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart. I will glorify thy name forevermore. 1 Corinthians six twenty, for you are bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are, Christ, which are God's. Uh, so we've been bought with the price, been purchased. Therefore we're to glorify God. Uh, that is one of the responsibilities that we have being truly forgiven. Um, not only glorifying God, but in 11 days, we're going to celebrate Thanksgiving in this country. Um, and I'm thankful for Thanksgiving, but being, being thankful in our glorification of God, why we glorify him and and how do you glorify God? Uh, by praising him, by being obedient to him, by doing the things that he would have us to do. That's how we glorify God. Uh, kind of like these four friends excited about the Lord Jesus Christ, Uh, They brought their friend to the Savior. That's one way that we can glorify God is we can bring people to the Savior. Uh, We can endeavor to bring people to the Savior. On Thursday night, uh, Miss Jenny had her uh, sister-in-law here. 
Uh, we're praying for her husband, Esaias, that he would come to know Jesus Christ as his personal Savior. Uh, but his sister ended up coming to church with her on Thursday uh, to the Spanish ministry. And lo and behold, uh, because she brought her sister-in-law to church, she heard the gospel message. Uh, she was able to, uh, uh, some others were able to expound the scriptures to her about the Savior. And uh, on Thursday, uh, that dear lady accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior and got the free gift of eternal life. Because somebody was glorifying God, excited about the church, excited about being saved, excited about being in a place where they preach the truth of God. Uh, so they're doing all they can to bring people in to, to hear, come here, come see, come, come, come understand who the Savior is. And that, that young lady got born again on, on Thursday. Praise God for that. Uh, but being thankful uh, regardless of the situations, regardless of the circumstances. We studied in my Sunday school class this morning, why did bad things happen to us? Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons why bad things happen to us. Uh, sometimes because we're under a sin curse and because of the, the, the sin that we uh, incur in this world, bad things are going to happen to us. Sometimes because of the choices of other people, we're going to suffer. Uh, sometimes because uh, we ha- we're privileged to follow the dictates of our own free will, the choices that we make, we're going to suffer. But in all that, all that suffering, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. There's not one time uh, that we suffer that God's not going to use that in our life to get us closer to him. There's not one time that we suffer in our life that he's going to use that uh, to maybe burn off some dross in our lives to make us more Christ-like. Uh, those sufferings that we have are very valuable in our lives if we'll just take them as that. Uh, they're very valuable in our life. They'll uh, produce the fruit of righteousness in our, in our life. But being thankful. Uh, the Word of God tells us in 1 uh, Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Um, in everything give thanks. Uh, that's in the good times and the bad times. Uh, you should be thankful. We should all be thankful uh, for everything that happens in our lives. Uh, right now, Michael's at home sick watching on the live stream. Uh, he's sick. Um, Carrie has to stay home with him. Uh, but I'm thankful I have a wife and a son. Um, I'm thankful that God has blessed me with a family. I'm thankful that I have a church. I'm thankful that uh, for my brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, just having a spirit of thankfulness. Uh, being thankful for every part of our life. Uh, that will help us greatly in our life if we just glorify him and thankfulness. It is a responsibility that we have. Um, And what happens is when we glorify him in that thankfulness, uh, glorify him in our lives, it will cause other people to glorify God also. Um, It says here in the next next verse, uh, and and they were all amazed, and they glorified God, and were filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. Uh, But his glory and his salvation and his testimony of healing uh, caused everyone else to glory. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, it says, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, Whether therefore ye eat or you drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. Uh, does your life cause other people to glorify God? Uh, does the way that you live, the things that you do, cause other people to glorify the Savior. Uh, It is our responsibility. If you've been truly forgiven, if you've been healed of your sin debt, if you've taken Christ Jesus as your personal Savior, then you have a responsibility to glorify Him in all that you do. There's no room for complaining. There's no room for criticizing. uh, There's no room for the mully grubs. 
Uh, there's no room for any of that. There's time for praising God. There's time for worshiping God and time for being thankful for all he does. Do I know that hard times happen in our lives? I can look at faces and just know different people. Hard things do happen in our lives, but we can still be thankful. We can still glorify God. That's a responsibility that we have because of what we've been entrusted with, what the, the forgiveness that we have. Uh, we've been forgiven. Um, and so therefore, in Luke, Luke chapter 5, verse 20, again, he saw their faith and he forgave their sins. Uh, do you think this man has any right uh, to have unforgiveness in his heart? Uh, that's the question. Um, that's the question that I want to ask you, and I want to focus, kind of transition this story uh, to another passage of Scripture. I want to focus a little bit on unforgiveness. Uh, because we have been forgiven of our sins, uh, then we have the responsibility to forgive others of their sins. Um, no matter how uh, wicked, how hard, uh, no matter how uh, vile, uh, no matter how much those sins hurt us, we have a responsibility to forgive them of their sins. Uh, this man would have had no problem with that at that point in his life. Um, turn with me over to um, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And I'll get to there in just a second, but uh, the responsibility to forgive the lost. What do you mean by forgiving the lost? Uh, there are a lot of people in our churches that are offended by lost people. They're offended of the sodomy. They're, from, they're offended at the adultery. Uh, they're for, uh, offended at all the sins that they commit, all the wickedness of the sins that they commit. And yes, they're wicked. I'd scream as loud as I can how wicked the sins are. I'll scream as loud as I can how wicked the sins are. But what happens is you need to forgive those people because when you have unforgiveness to those people, you do not witness to those people. You do not talk to those people. You do not have compassion for those people. You don't have... Compassion for those people? There's not a whole lot of witnessing going on because uh, people are scared and offended by the lost world. I'm sorry, but if somebody is a Joe Biden supporter, I'm still going to witness to them. If somebody's a messed up liberal in their mind that believes in abortion, all this other nonsense, I still love them and want to witness to them. We have to forgive the lost. I have examples. Uh, in Luke 23, uh, 34, uh, then, Jesus, uh, then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. These were the men that were hanging him on the cross to pay for your sin debt and my sin debt. Uh, he said, gave the example, uh, these lost religious men, these soldiers that were probably wicked, as all wicked could be, these Roman soldiers, and his cry out to the Heavenly Father was, you please forgive them. Maybe that they'll take me up on the power of God to heal and forgive them. Uh, just please grant them forgiveness that this would not be something that lays on their heart where they would not come to know Christ as Savior. Now, I understand most of these people will not come to Christ, but that does not take the responsibility of, off of our hearts to love them, forgive them, to give them the gospel and, and, and try to show them some compassion. Forgiveness is not the same as fellowship. I'm not saying to fellowship with the world. I'm saying forgive the world so you can be effective in your witness, so you can be effective in the salt that you're to be in this world. Because what happens is because the unforgiveness we have in our heart, the salt has lost its Savior, and we're not having an effect on this world. 
no effect whatsoever because we don't have compassion like we have Stephen when he was being stoned to death after preaching to his brethren. Uh, those after the Jewish faith, uh, faith these religious people, uh, when they got so angry, when he called them, you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in hearts and ears, you always re- re- resist the Holy, the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. And they picked up big rocks to, uh, to stone him, uh, to kill him, to crash on his head, and they're going to beat him to death. And as he looked out, he looked up to heaven as the Lord did. He said, Father, lay not this sin uh, to their charge. Uh, he had a forgiveness for them because he wanted his brethren uh, to be reached too. He had a desire uh, for his, his fellow man to be reached. Uh, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And again, Mark sixteen fifteen, and he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel uh, to every creature. That is our responsibility. And Luke chapter, or Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, but before I read that, Ephesians chapter 4 and I believe verse 31. um, It says here, um, and be ye kind one to another. Listen, this is the command. And be ye kind one to another, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. So not only do we owe forgiveness to the lost, the lost world, uh, we owe forgiveness to each other. Forgiven, uh, forgiveness among the brethren. And I, I want to sh- show you this in, in, in verse 15. Um, we are Bible-believing Christians. We believe everything in the Word of God. Um, we believe what the Word of God says. Uh, we do our best to follow what the Word of God says. Uh, but something has happened in our hearts and minds uh, that we only follow the Lord on some things and not on everything. Uh, this is one of those issues. Now, uh, it's been said that we're weak-minded or uh, if offense comes and, and we're, we, we shouldn't uh, get offended. And all that's true. We shouldn't get offended. Uh, we've been forgiven of so much, there's no reason that we should get offended. But Jesus says that offenses will come. There are going to be offenses, period. And matter of fact, not everybody's going to be on a spiritual high all the time. Sometimes people do walk around in the flesh. Sometimes there are offenses that happen. But look what it says. Jesus said, this is how I want you to handle offenses when they come. Uh, Verse 15, moreover, if thy brother trespass against thee, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. This is God's plan. Somebody offends you. It's not time to get, get a grudge. It's not time to start criticizing that person. It's not time to go to your friend and start saying, can you believe what so-and-so did to me? No, it's a responsibility now is that we humble ourselves, and, and there is some humility when you're wounded. You're, you have to show some humility because if not, you get puffed up with pride saying, well, I, I really didn't get hurt. I, I really didn't get hurt, and I, I don't need to do what the Bible says there. No, I'll just, I'll just no, that's all right. I'll just let it go. No, it says that if he's trespassed against you, you go to him and him alone. And if he'll hear you, you've gained that brother. All right? That's what the Bible says. When, we, when, we, when somebody trespasses against us, this is how we're supposed to do. Now, the person that, that, that you go to, right? That's, if you're the person that somebody comes to you that you offended them, that's not time for you to get defensive. That's not time for you to start arguing and start criticizing their character and start making up false accusations about them all because they got offended at something you did. 
That's a time to humble yourself and it's time to get together as brothers in Christ and you've gained a friend, you've gained a brother, somebody you can trust, somebody that got this thing right and now you can go on in harmony serving the Lord and, and, and trying to bring many people to Jesus Christ. Don't think for a second that these things aren't going to happen in our church. And when we have unforgiveness in our hearts, it is, it is dampering the Spirit of God. It is grieving the Spirit of God. And we're not seeing revival break out as we can because there's a pocket over here offended at this pocket. There's a person offended at this person, a person a little bit grudging over here. And they never took it to them like they should. And that's what the Word of God says. And then it says in, in verse 16, But if he will not hear thee, uh, take with thee two or more Uh, that in the mouth of uh, two or three witnesses, every word may be established. So you have a witness there that you're going in humility, getting this thing right because you want this thing right. That's how Jesus said to handle it. And if he won't hear it at that point, he neglect to hear them. Then you go tell it to the whole church and let them be unto thee as a heathen man and a publican. God wants his church right. Uh, He wants forgiveness in his church. And then go down to about verse, uh, verse number 21. Then came Peter to him and said, How oft shall my brother sin against me? He heard this. He didn't understand all of it. Uh, Peter's trying to sound real spiritual now. How, how oft shall my brother sin against me and, and I forgive him? And he gives a number. He says, Until uh, seven times. And he tried to sound real spiritual because the Jewish religion there was about three times is what their religion taught. Uh, three times that you forgive him. And he wanted to put that number up a little bit and, and you know, Seven times, Lord, if my brother sins against me, will I forgive him? Uh, and Jesus is going to say a number here, but this number is, is not the actual number. It is the actual number, but it's infinity. It's infinity. It's, it's, it's infinity. You always forgive. Jesus said unto, unto him, I say, not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. That's 490. But that's forever. Just forgiven. If it works, when that brother comes... You've trespassed again. And trust me, I, I, well, trust me, don't trust, trust the word of God. Uh, but I, there are times that I've said stuff, done stuff that people had to come to me. Look, you've offended me. And, I, and, I, and I'm, I'm so, I'm sorry. I did, I don't, I want to invest in people. I want to build people up. I don't want to hurt anybody. Uh, even if I'm hurt, I don't want to hurt anybody. I, I'm invested in people's life, want people to be built up. Uh, and so, uh, 490 times, and now Jesus has given an, uh, an illustration of the kingdom of heaven. He gave several about the kingdom of heaven. And, uh, one of the famous ones we heard is the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure or a field where a treasure was healed. One of the best messages I've ever heard. But the kingdom of heaven is likened to a lot of things, right? And so here he says, therefore, is the kingdom of heaven likened to a certain king, which would take an account of his servants, and when he had begun to reckon, uh, one was brought unto him, which owed him 10,000 talents. All right, let's talk about this number for a second. Uh, this number, if it's silver, it's 19 million. If it's silver. If it's gold, it's $280 million is what this guy owes. An insurmountable debt. All right, this is likened to God. This is the sin debt that we owe to him. All right, the sin debt that we owe to God, it's, it's unpayable. There's no way we could pay that. No way at all that this guy could pay that. And what happened is it had an effect on his entire family because of that sin curse that he was under or that debt that he was under. Uh, look what it says in verse 25. For, for as much as he had not to pay, the Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had to be made payment for, to be made payment to be, to be made. Uh, so what happened is because this guy had owed that great sin debt and I likened them to a lost person not understanding that his whole family hangs in the balance. 
the whole family, the wife, the children, all that he has hangs in the balance uh, when he's not right with God, when he's not forgiven of God. Uh, it's going to cost way more than people think. Uh, I've done a lot of witnessing and, and uh, to the glory of God. Uh, and and there have been times where I'm talking to somebody and, and it'll be either the husband and wife. Uh, they'll come and they'll run interference. And I'm saying, I'm sorry, he's done talking to you right now. Thank you for coming by, though. Bye. Uh, when the guy's tuned in and listening, uh, or I had a mom one time talking to a 19-year-old kid. Uh, she comes out and says, uh, he doesn't want to talk to you right now. We go to a church of Christ or we go to this place or that place. He don't want to talk to you. Run an interference for somebody that's willing uh, to hear the gospel, maybe accept Christ, and they don't even understand the damage that they're doing. Uh, this man occurred that debt to, the, to his Lord, and because of that, it cost the lives of his children, uh, the life of his wife. Uh, there's a great, uh, a great penalty for the debt that this man is under. And it says in verse 27, then the Lord of, well, no, the servant, the servant humbled himself, and, and the servant therefore fell down and worshiped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay, I will pay thee all. And the Lord of the servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. And so the, the man in this story had compassion on this guy. Uh, and it's just like the Lord Jesus Christ having uh, compassion on the debt that you owed. Um, and if I haven't been clear in the gospel message, the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, who is God, uh, loved you so much that he paid a debt that he did not owe. He paid your sin debt. Uh, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He came to be the sacrifice for you, to pay the sin debt that you can never pay. He was buried in the tomb. The power of the tomb could not hold him. Three days later, he rose from that tomb and declared, All and ever, whoever will believe on me and receive me and accept me and take me as their personal Savior, I will abundantly pardon. I will give them eternal life. I will forgive their sins. And I will make sure that they will never perish. I will make sure that they have eternal life if all but they'll come to me and accept me by faith as their personal Savior. If you're here today not saved, if you're here today uh, that you have that debt, that, that awful debt, that $280 million sin debt that you owe before God, it's erased by one thing of you transferring all your faith to the Lord Jesus Christ, accepting Him today as your Lord and your Savior. Uh, and that whole debt is erased. Uh, that debt is forgiven. And it will be forgiven forever but it's your personal choice to come to him, and we're pleading with you today. Uh, there are people that are praying before the service started. There are people that are praying right now uh, that if you're that person that's not born again and not saved, that you would make that decision to come to Jesus Christ and accept him as your personal Savior. Uh, but this man's debt was forgiven. And look at uh, what it says in verse 28. But the same servant went out and found his fellow servant, which owed him a hundred pence. I looked that up. I looked it up in several places because uh, the money is translated different in different places. But what I found out, what I found, and that, that cost was $16. That's what I found. Uh, he had a servant that owed him $16, the equivalent of $16. And look at his gracious spirit, and I'm being sarcastic here. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into a prison uh, that he should pay the debt. No, hold on. There's a, verse 29. Let's see here. And the fellow servant fell down. Let's go to verse 28. And the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, 
which owed him a hundred pence, and laid hands on him. And he took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou wast. I can't imagine that paralyzed guy doing that. Can you imagine the paralyzed that they got forgiven of all his sins? He's now able to walk. I imagine he's not, I imagine he has a spirit of wanting to forgive. But not this guy. Uh, verse 29, and his fellow servant fell down at his feet and beside him saying, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him in the prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, oh, thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Should not thou also had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And the Lord was wroth, and look what it says, and delivered him uh, to the tormentors. Delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. And Jesus said, so likewise shall my heavenly father do also unto you, if you from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. This is a serious subject now. Um, we know that uh, uh, the cost of, of, of the sin, we know uh, that, that there's some hurts that happen. Uh, but we know also that if we do not forgive from our hearts, uh, we are what the Bible says is delivered to tormentors. He said, what does all that mean? I don't know. I mean, I do know. I know that uh, it's some, somewhat to do with the chastening hand of God. Um, being un, unjust, I, I also know this, that it will grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby we're sealed to the day of redemption. We don't have uh, forgiveness in our heart. I do know this, that it will, it will cause bitterness. I do know this, that it will cause um, a, an evil and wicked spirit in our heart. you know why so many people don't have peace in their heart sometimes? Because they have unforgiveness. Uh, and this unforgiveness goes back to all mankind in your life. This stuff goes back all the way uh, to your childhood. Uh, having true forgiveness of everyone in your life that has ever done you anything at all and forgiving them. I had a grandma that abused me. She used to fight me like a man when I was five years old. My dad pulled up at the Catholic church to pick me up on one of the visitation weekends and she's sitting there just punching me like a man, just fighting me. My dad got so mad at her I don't know if my dad's ever forgiven her, but I forgave her. Um, she's a Catholic through and through. She died that way, but I forgave my grandma a long time ago. Uh, and I could give story after story after story. Um, all of it unfair. Un all, forget all that stuff. God allowed it for his glory. I'm glad I was raised the way that I was raised because it was hard and it did create some character. I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for all the things that God allowed in my life. Uh, as, as I was growing up, just forgiving and letting go that we're not tormented by our thoughts, tormented by our minds, tormented uh, by, by all the things that happen. Also, it hinders our prayer life. Uh, in Mark eleven twenty five and 26, and when you stand praying, forgive if you had ought against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, which is in heaven, forgive your trespasses. It will affect your prayer life. It will affect your fellowship with God. It will affect your walk with God. Matthew 16, 14, and 15. For if, for if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive, uh, forgive you. But if you... 
forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. I would say this is a pretty serious subject. Uh, we overlook this something because we want to think, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a little bit more uh, uh, mature and spiritual that I'm not getting offended. Yeah, and we should get to that point where uh, great peace have thy, that love thy law, nothing shall offend them. Uh, but there are times when offenses do come uh, to every one of us. Let us not be deceived by that. Every one of us get hurt at some time. Uh, we have a responsibility uh, to forgive. So the question is, are you truly forgiven? Are you truly forgiven? Are you walking as you truly forgiven? Are you recognizing that your sin debt has been paid? Um, if you're not truly forgiven, I, I encourage you this day that you would take Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Uh, stop fighting that fight and just accept Him. Uh, he will save you. He will give you eternal life. He will forgive all your sins from when you were young, middle-aged, now. He will forgive all of them. He'll cast them as far as the east is from the west. He'll give you eternal life. Um, and then now that we, though, that we know that we have forgiveness, uh, let us be faithful uh, to the God that saved us. Let us glorify him through obedience and the responsibilities that he, he's given us. Uh, let us glorify him as we forgive others uh, and then also forgiving ourselves. Uh, so is there somewhere, something in your life today that you could ask God to search your heart? Maybe there's a grudge or an unforgiveness in your heart. Uh, that maybe you want to deal uh, with the Lord with today. Maybe you know somebody that's going through a very difficult time uh, with unforgiveness, uh, that you'd come forward and maybe pray for them or pray for them in your pew uh, today. But are you truly forgiven? Are you truly forgiven? If you are, you have great responsibility. Let's pray. Father, we come before you again. Uh, we thank you for your eternal word, the stories that you give us to edify us, to challenge us, uh, Father, we thank you for the, the true forgiveness that you give through the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank you how easy it is to receive you as our personal Savior by grace through faith. And I pray today, first of all, if there be somebody in here that doesn't know you, uh, Lord, you know we don't, you know, uh, that they would turn to the Lord Jesus Christ in faith and accept him today. Uh, and their heart could say, the Lord Jesus Christ is my personal Savior. I do accept him today. Uh, Lord, would you convict them of that? Uh, Father, if there be some here today that uh, have not glorified you, uh, that are not uh, thankful, some that uh, have unforgiveness, grudge, bitterness, uh, something in their heart toward, toward other people, I pray uh, that the Holy Spirit would speak to their hearts. Father, uh, do a work as we have the invitation now. And Father, speak to hearts. Uh, we pray all this in Jesus' name.